I'm Paul from Thirst Counselling and welcome to a Thirst Counsellor podcast, a series of blogs, readings and audio meanderings through the world of mental health and well-being. So in this week's episode I wanted to talk about rejection. Um, a very common feeling that people experience in a number of different ways and throughout their life in various different guises. And I wanted to explore it a little bit more and look at the impact that rejection can have on people and how they can find ways of challenging the emotions that come up and some of the ways that they can kind of deal with the experiences that they might have previously had that have informed uh, their life in the future going forward. So we'll look at rejection in relationships, we'll look at rejection in the workplace, we'll look at rejection uh, in lifestyle situations. Um, Hopefully unpick that a little bit more and explore it in further detail. Albert Ellis once said, people could rationally decide that prolonged relationships take up too much time and effort and that they'd much rather do other kinds of things. But most people are afraid of rejection. Rejection can be quite an overwhelming feeling for people. And and it happens in all different areas of people's lives and at different times in their lives. It can be a school-age memory, primary school, picking the football team and the two really good people at football get to pick their best friends and then get to pick the people that they think is good. And as the numbers start to whittle down and people are praying, please pick me, please pick me, please pick me. And every time someone else gets picked, that's a little dig, a little stab. I'm not as good as them. I'm not good enough. And the fear, the overriding fear that I'm going to be the last person to be picked. Or it might be the relationship. Um, A boy always attracted to a girl, thinks she's pretty, thinks she's amazing, thinks she's funny, thinks she's wonderful. Finally, after getting to know her and speaking to her, plucks up the courage to send a Valentine's card or to ask her to go out for a coffee. And she turns round and says, not really, um, I don't think of you that way. That feeling. Oh God, she only sees me as. I'm not good enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not cool enough. Going for a job interview. Filling in the application form. Putting in your heart and soul not even getting an interview I can't even do this or you get the interview and you go for the interview 
and you do a great interview. Then you get the phone call to say, thank you very much. We really liked what you had to say. You did a great interview, however, at this time. Um, unfortunately, we can't offer you a position. Those feelings of rejection link so much into our self-esteem and our self-worth. You know, the idea that we're not good enough, we're not cool enough, we're not handsome enough. It can leave people feeling very low, very depressed, and like there, there's no point. And never, when we take into consideration the interview, never do we think, I got an interview. So I beat other people to actually get an interview. And I didn't get the job. But maybe I wasn't the only person who didn't get a job. What about the people who didn't get the interview? But that feeling of rejection comes down to comparing ourselves to other people. The idea that we're not good enough and the idea that we we can't... We can't better ourselves. Leaves people feeling so lost and so lonely. So how do we find a way of overcoming that? Actress and comedian Melissa Roach said, the thing that stand-up does for you is that it toughens you up a bit as far as that business goes. It's hard. If a joke doesn't get a laugh, that's instant rejection. And that's mostly what this business is most of the time. A lot of rejection. On the ideas.ted.com website, psychologist Guy Winch shares some practical tips for soothing the sting of rejection. He says rejections are the most common emotional wound we sustain in daily life. Our risk of rejection used to be limited by the size of our immediate social circle or dating pools. Today, thanks to electronic communication, social media platforms and dating apps, each of us is connected to thousands of people, any of whom might ignore our posts, chats, texts or dating profiles and leave us feeling rejected as a result. In addition to these kinds of minor rejections, we are still vulnerable to serious and more devastating rejections as well. When our spouse leaves us, when we get fired from our jobs, snubbed by our friends, or ostracised by our families and communities for our lifestyle choices, the pain we feel can be absolutely paralysing. Whether the rejection we experience is large or small, one thing remains constant. It always hurts and it usually hurts more than what we expect it to. The question is why? Why are we so bothered by a good friend failing to like the family holiday picture we posted on Facebook? Why does it ruin our mood? Why would something so seemingly insignificant make us feel angry at our friend, moody and bad about ourselves? The answer is our brains are wired to respond that way. When scientists place people in functional MRI machines and ask them to recall a recent rejection, they discovered something amazing. The same areas of our brain become activated when we experience rejection 
as when we experience physical pain. That's why even small rejections hurt more than we think they should, because they elicit literal, albeit emotional, pain. But why is our brain wired this way? Evolutionary psychologists believe it all started when we were hunter-gatherers who lived in tribes. Since we could not survive alone, being ostracised from our tribe was basically a death sentence. As a result, we developed an early warning mechanism to alert us when we were in danger of being kicked off the island by our tribe mates. And that was rejection. People who experienced rejection as more painful were more likely to change their behaviour, remain in the tribe and pass along their genes. Of course, emotional pain is only one of the ways rejections impact our well-being. Rejection can also damage our mood and our self-esteem. They elicit swells of anger and aggression, and they destabilise our need to belong. Very interesting article, which I'll post a link to in the show notes. This idea that we, we open ourselves to the world on social media so readily putting up our Facebook pictures and putting up our Instagram photos uh, or putting up some uh, family snap or incidents that happened um, which hopefully shows us in a good like and we hope that people are going to like this and if people don't then we do we do kind of feel that well, well what was wrong what's wrong with me and it becomes very very personal we want to belong we want to feel part of something we have a feel that we're being rejected, rejected from a job, rejected from a relationship, uh, rejected from a post on social media, if it's not being liked, then we take that very, very personal. I think it highlights our insecurities at times, and that we, we need to feel liked and loved and wanted by other people. Uh, I recommend the book Exploring Our Hunger to Belong by John O'Donoghue, as I've mentioned a number of times on previous podcasts. He explores this fundamental need that we all have to belong to something, to be a part of something. The idea of being part of a culture, being part of a gang, being part of a tribe, as was mentioned in the article I was just reading from there, really kind of highlights that we need to belong to some kind of unit. And... We are, we are wired that way to belong. It's how our social structures are formed by being a part of something. It's, a, it's seen as being quite unusual to be a person who is a part of something. If you think about comments that might have been said in playgrounds, Billy no mates, a loner, a loser, people who isolate themselves from communities. And people might isolate themselves from uh, an organisation, from a a club, from a situation, uh, from a party, because they fear being rejected. So by not putting themselves in that situation, they never experience that. Therefore, they're, they're not, they don't experience that actual pain. And that's interesting that the MRI scanners show that people experience, it, their brain registers an actual pain. And that emotional pain, because it's not physical, because it doesn't leave a scar and that can sometimes feel so much worse and so much more. Like I said, I will put a link in the show notes to, to this article so that people can read it and explore some of the science behind, you know, the science of rejection.
was quite difficult trying to think of a, a film or a book to review that was in keeping with the theme of rejection. I scoured my DVD library and my, my books, what little there is in my memory. And then something came to mind, a romantic comedy um, from Adam Sandler. Um, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore starred in a film called Fifty First Dates. And it's, um, it's quite a sweet little film about uh, Adam Sandler's character who's uh, not wanting to make commitments to people. And yet he, he goes on a date with Drew Barrymore's character and falls for her. And then the next day, she has no memory of him. She doesn't remember him. And he finds out that she was in a, an accident. Uh, and as a result of that, she suffers from amnesia. So the remainder of the film is about him trying to get her to remember by dating her every single day for 50 days throughout the summer. Uh, so he gets her to fall in love with him every day. And then every day he's rejected when he sees her and she doesn't know who he is. Um, so in, in, in what we're talking about, when we're talking about those feelings of rejection, he goes through a rejection every single day, but he perseveres and he perseveres. And it's a romantic comedy, so, you know, happily ever afters always happen. But this put me in mind of Albert Ellis. Albert Ellis, the psychologist, when he was in his final year at university, used to go to the uh, Bronx Botanical Gardens uh, to read, and apparently it was uh, beautiful surroundings. But he was always crippled with social anxiety. So he couldn't go and speak to girls. He found it very, very difficult. So again, over in his third year, over August, he set himself a goal where he would go and speak to women every single day in the park. Now the reports say that he approached 130 women and 30 women just turned and walked away from him on contact. However, he persevered and spoke to them for various lengths about any topic that he could do. But a hundred women he spoke to, and one of those women agreed to meet him for coffee. The irony was, she never actually turned up for the date. However, through that perseverance, through experiencing those feelings of rejection and the determination to overcome this, he managed to overcome his social anxiety and his fear of rejection. So, my recommendation would be watch Fifty First Dates. It's a great quirky little film and it does kind of tie in with that idea, that feeling of uh, dealing with rejection. The comedian, actor and writer Henry Rollins once said, We all learn lessons in life. Some stick, some don't. I've always learned more from rejection and failure than from acceptance and success.
on, boy. So, what can we do to deal with these feelings of rejection? Rejection is always going to present itself at some point in our lives. We're going to experience it on some level or another. We might not get the job interview that we went for. We might be in a relationship that ends. We might be attracted to someone who doesn't feel the same way about us. How do we cope with those feelings? There are maxims that have been said for, for years. Time heals all wounds. There are plenty more fish in the sea. And whilst these may seem like glib comments, it's reminding us that there is more out there than this very second, this very moment. Every moment that we experience is individual and unique. And time carries on moving. When a relationship ends, there are plenty more fish in the sea. If we allow ourselves to have that, if we experience rejection, in that instant, that pain is so real and so so devastating at times. And yet, give that pain a week, a month, a year, and engage in life. Then that time that passes will make that pain less painful. If we allow it to. If we want to move away from that pain. If we want to let go of that pain. So talking to people. So talking to people, talking to people is really important. Talking about how we're feeling, talking about how we're experiencing that pain, whether that be through therapy, through seeing a counsellor, or whether that be by talking about it with your best friend. And doing the simple things that you enjoy, reminding yourself that this isn't the end of the world. You know, that there are other things out there if we, if we want to move forward. And we want to build momentum. I used to hate the word fail. And failure is so closely connected with rejection. It was when, whilst I was training in schools and talking about feelings and emotions and talking about you know, feeling rejected, feeling unwanted. Talking about that, you know, that, that failure of getting the job interview, of passing the test. It was primary school teachers that told me that FAIL stands for first attempt in learning. Just because we don't get the job doesn't mean that we are never going to get a job. It just means that this job wasn't right for us at this time. And having faith that there is something else out there for us if we walk towards it. Giving ourselves permission to to have that rejection and to experience that rejection and to accept that it hurts but to move forward from it. Time does heal all wounds. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's about a change in mindset. This isn't about dismissing the pain of rejection. This is about acknowledging that this pain is real and this thing has happened. However, this rejection doesn't define us. It can help us build our resolve in order to move forward. And I'll leave you with one last maxim.
if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And here we are at the outro. I'd like to thank everyone who's listened. Um, it's nice to see that there's people downloading it and listening to the to the podcast. Uh, uh, gives me a reason to kind of keep going. Uh, if you if you like what I'm saying or you have any ideas or any topics, you can in- email me at info at firstcounseling.co.uk, or alternatively, you can tweet me at t underscore counselling at t underscore counselling um, I'll be back uh, in another episode talking about some other aspects of mental health and well-being uh, please feel free to review this on your podcast app and uh, give it a couple of stars uh, and if you want to share it with other people and that, if you think other people might be interested please feel free to do that um, thanks very much for listening Sincerely yours, a first counsellor.